This is episode 737 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. On today's episode, five lessons from Great Depression life that still make sense today. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found in the show notes. Hey, are you looking to up your preparedness knowledge? Don't spend time bouncing around the internet for the very best preparedness content. Instead, sign up for the top 10 preparedness articles and get them right in your email. For $5 a month, you can get the top 10 articles from Prepper Website sent to your email weekly. You can choose to read them or drop them in the Pocket app and have them read to you as you go about your day. The Buy Me a Coffee link to the top 10 are in the show notes. But even if you're not wanting to get the top 10, you should still visit my link and see what I'm doing over there. I'm using Buy Me a Coffee as my social media and connecting with listeners there. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode. Hey, on this episode, I'm going to be reading an article from commonsensehome.com. And that might sound a little familiar to you because that is the website of my friend, Lori Neverman. She and her husband run that, uh, that website and some other ones, and they run a successful homestead. And uh, she puts out some really great articles. But you might also remember that I've had her on the podcast a couple of times. We've interviewed, uh, interviewed Lori a couple of times, and she always comes up with really great stuff. On this one, she's going to share some lessons from the Great Depression, and of course, Lori's not old enough to have gone through the Great Depression, but she's going to share lessons from her grandparents. And I think these are very valuable to us today. They they come right in line with what is going on. And so you can see how things continue to, I mean, the things that work well for people, the things that work well for just survival, it has been the same, has been the case for forever. And so you'll see that, you know, people that lived through the Great Depression and the things that they learned and the, the ways that they got by are going to be the ways that we think through things and the way that we get by in the future. And it, it might not be that far in the future. It might be like right now. People are dealing with stuff right now. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into this article again, coming to us from commonsensehome.com. The article is entitled Five Lessons from Great Depression Life That Still Makes Sense Today. So let's go ahead and jump into this one. My mom's parents would be referred to as preppers if they were living in today's world. But back in the day, they lived like many country people did. Great Depression life wasn't easy, but their daily choices afforded them more abundance than many, especially once rationing set in during the Second World War. Mom used to tell me stories about growing up on their small diversified farm, and I always admired their ingenuity and determination. Grandma and Grandpa passed on when I was still very little, so I didn't get a chance to know them well, but I will always remember these lessons and pass them along to my children and you. So five lessons from Great Depression life. Number one, raise your own food and store for lean times. Grandma raised large flocks of laying hens, which she replaced annually as production dropped off. Some birds were canned, some were sold to neighbors as stewing birds. She had a big kerosene incubator and used them in combination with broody hens to hatch the different types of poultry. Grandpa raised geese, cows, and pigs and had horses for farm work and other heavy jobs. They had a large garden with a sizable area just for bread, seed, poppies. 
Grandma was Czech, and you had to have poppy seed for kolaches and other baked goods. Although Grandma and Grandpa passed when I was just a toddler, I still remember Grandma's yellow raspberries and Grandpa with the geese. Grandma had bees, which they used for beeswax and honey, which was a real blessing during World War II when sugar was rationed. Mama once showed me the ration coupons she saved from when she was a little girl. They butchered and canned their own meat and rendered their own lard for cooking. Each summer and fall, the cellar was stocked well with homemade canned goods. When money was tight and food was rationed, the family was always well provided for off of their own land. All right, guys, so I'm going to go ahead and just jump into all of these. And then I want to come back and just talk very briefly about some of these uh, lessons learned here. So the second lesson is live within your means. It may not be polite to talk about such things, but mom's parents acquired their main homestead because others defaulted on their loans and taxes and lost the property. Grandpa had the money to pay off the debt and take over the farm. When they first moved to the site, they lived in an old granary that was overrun by mice and rats. It was pretty nasty to live in at first, but grandma may do. She got the place clean enough to live in while grandpa built the house. Mom said that when she went to school, she could always tell the poor girls from the more well-off girls because the poor girls, like her, wore flower sack dresses. Her mom would take her to the general store and let her pick out the print she wanted for her dresses. Nothing was wasted. Lesson number three, learn skills that allow you to tackle jobs yourself instead of hiring everything out. Grandpa used a large scoop pulled by horses to excavate the foundation for the home. He built the home by hand with the help of their hired hand, who mom referred to as Injun Joe. He and Joe built their dairy barn and other outbuildings too. Mom told me a funny story about the barn. When they moved to the site, there was an old barn in rough shape that needed to be replaced. Grandpa took out a lot of the fasteners, hoping that a good windstorm would finish the job, but the barn kept standing. Finally, he gave in and tore the barn down by hand and built a new one. Not long after the new barn was up, a tornado came through and landed right on the barn. Grandpa had to rebuild again. Not funny funny, but what are the odds? They had an ice house for keeping things cool, so each winter they gathered ice off of a local lake. There was no electricity in the house until Grandpa rigged up a windmill with a battery bank. Mom said she and her brothers would get in trouble for flipping the light switch off and on to marvel at how it worked. Lesson number four, work together with neighbors. The neighbors got together to work on projects. They stripped feathers for fluffy down feather ticks. Mom used to call them periziznas. And guys, I don't know if I got that one right. I apologize if I didn't. And had quilting bees in ice hauling. Many hands still make for lighter work, especially with very time-consuming and tedious projects. Card parties and dance socials were still regular gatherings where you could talk and catch up on local events. People knew and cared about their neighbors. Lesson number five, use creative problem-solving. You may recall that the Great Depression coincided with the Dust Bowl period of the 1930s, when severe drought swept much of the country. Pastures and hayfields dried up and fodder was hard to find to keep the cows fed. Grandpa drove the cows every day to graze on a brush-covered area of the property to keep the herd alive. On a smaller scale, Grandma enjoyed fresh tomatoes, which of course don't grow very well here in Wisconsin for many months of the year. To support her tomato habit, Grandma kept the plant growing inside in a south window all through the winter. She hand-pollinated the blossoms so she could have fresh tomatoes. 
So things have changed a lot since those days, but I think grandma and grandpa would appreciate our homestead. We have a big garden, a root cellar, a canning pantry, and the flocks of ducks and chickens. It's important to preserve the old skills while making room for the new. Figure out what works for you, where you are, and with what you have. And don't be afraid to try new things and tackle big projects. And create a support system that helps you to complete them. All right, guys. Great little article here with a lot of great information. I just want to go back and talk about some of these briefly. So the first lesson was raise your own food and store for lean times. And I think that that is one of the things that a lot of people are starting to get the hint of. So in the Saturday prep, one of the most clicked on articles was an article on gardening and how to garden successfully. And I saw that this week. And then the week before I posted a video uh, or a link to a video by Gardner Scott. And some of you might be familiar with that name. I have uh, interviewed Gardner Scott before. He's got a great YouTube uh, YouTube video, a uh, YouTube channel. And uh, his interview was great. I mean, if you could go back and find that one, I think it was like in the 630, 639, I think. And a great interview. Recently, he's been posting about how to garden on a budget. He's been talking about even uh, preparedness and gardening and how gardening can help you relieve the stress and and things like that, that you might be feeling going out there and working in your garden can uh, kind of get your mind off of all the craziness that's out there. But I think people are starting to get the hint because it's been talked about so much, whether that is a perceived thing that's going to happen or whether, you know, people, you know, are, are seeing the signs of it in different places. Um, I can tell you that going to the grocery store this last uh, this last weekend, I can tell you that there were some things that were missing as, as far as chickens. Right. And so we know that eggs were very expensive. If you're looking for like organic eggs or I guess eggs that are free range, I guess not organic eggs. Every egg is organic. <laughs> I'm k- killing myself here. Um, but it was like it was it was nuts. So I went past one of the uh, one of the end caps. Uh, refrigerated in caps and the eggs were like 539 a dozen i'm like wow that's like really expensive i wonder if all of them are up up that high because i know that what's going i know what's going on with the chickens right and and they're just being killed off and the the avian bird flu is like in 27 states right now and all that kind of stuff and um so anyway so i get to the eggs and they they were more expensive than normal but there weren't like 529 a dozen and so i was like okay a little relieved so, you know, buying eggs and different things like that. So you see that. And then over when I bought meat, the chicken, the, the normal chicken that I normally get, uh, the brand wasn't there, wasn't available. And so you, you can kind of start seeing some of these things going through. And in some places, you might see some shortages of specific things that you're looking for. And for the most part, that's not anything new. I mean, we've been experiencing that all through COVID. But now I think people are not hearing that it's just because it's uh, the shortages as far as labor and getting them you know, to the grocery store. Now people are hearing that the shortages are because we're going to run out of food. And I think that is starting to, you know, people are starting to get the hint and what, you know, what, what are they going to do? They're starting to plan. And a lot of people are thinking about gardening, at least a lot of people that are into preparedness who uh, realize the importance of it, maybe are upping their game, or maybe they're starting to garden a little bit big uh, more and making their gardens a little bit bigger. 
Um, I know that in the exclusive email group, um, a lot of people have been talking about chickens and, and moving towards chickens and, and start starting their flocks and things like that. And uh, so, you know, people are thinking about that a whole lot more. One of the things that uh, I just want to throw out there, because not everybody can have chickens, right? Not everybody can have a big garden. Not everybody does their own canning. One of the things that I want to say here is do not wait, though. If you are new to preparedness, if you're new to this podcast, or maybe you've been listening for a little bit, but you're just kind of, okay, I'm just kind of gathering my thoughts here and trying to figure out what I want to do. What I would say is don't wait for the food aspect of it. I think, you know, build up your food storage. And I have talked a lot about that. I do have a, you know, an ebook that you can go, you know, getting started in food storage and it makes it really easy, breaks it on down what you need to do to, to, to build up your food storage, all that kind of stuff. But what I want to say is don't, don't wait because when the panic kicks in, when, when the majority of people out there realize what is going on, that's when people start panicking and rushing to the grocery store and then you can't find anything. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where, yeah, the stores are completely empty and not because the food, maybe because the food sh- uh, shortages have completely hit yet, but because people are panicking and they're going to the grocery store and they're wiping out everything. And you don't want to wait. I mean, I've, I've talked about that a lot, like hurricanes, blizzards, people experience that even during COVID, and I've said this many times, is, is when the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo was canceled, that's when people like you know, started panicking. And that's like, it, that's when it was real. And so we had topped off weeks before that, you know, a couple of weeks before that, actually. And we were ready to go. And, and that's when people started panicking and the stores were empty. So don't wait for that. You know, don't wait for that time to start whatever you're going to do. Some people are talking about maybe raising rabbits, you know, and with, uh, you know, two does and a buck, you can, you can start building up your, your, your rabbit population and, and I don't know, go from there. Right. Uh, my wife always tells the funny story that when she would go over to her dad's that she wouldn't eat meat because who knows what, what it was at that time, you know, because they did have rabbits. And, but I think that is one of those things that you might consider if you can't have chickens in your backyard. You can have rabbits, and they're a lot more quiet than chickens. Uh, let me tell you that. So, uh, just a little bit of experience with that. One of the other lessons that she mentioned here is live within your means. And I think this is going to be a, a really big deal moving forward. I mean, we have lived very well in, in the United States. And I know that there's people uh, listening from all over the world. And I appreciate you guys um, from everybody who's, who's listening from all over the place. And uh, shoot me an email every once in a while. Let me know where you're, where you're listening from uh, because I can see some of the analytics. But um, I, I just this is going to be one of those things. We lived very well. But I think as we continue moving forward with uh, this economy that we're in, and we're experiencing prices going up like crazy. It is nuts. Uh, if you have gone to the grocery store and just priced fruit, I think I mentioned this. I'm not sure. I've, I've said it so many times. But when I was dealing with my COVID thing, I was really craving fruit. It was really weird. I was craving a lot of fruit. And so I'm still kind of on that kick, especially since I lost weight. I'm trying to continue to uh, you know, eat fruit and eat better and all that kind of stuff. But fruit is so dang expensive right now. And so you go to the grocery store and you're like, are you kidding me, man? I mean, things are, are, are way out of control. So you're going to have these extremes. You're going to have people that, 
okay, can't afford it. And then you're going to have start, you're going to start people, have people that are, you know, we're, we're getting by and now they're really starting to struggle because food prices are going up and everything is going up, right? All gas and everything. Uh, I filled up on, I filled up my tank and I was at a half, half uh, tank and I, I guess I just don't fill up enough. And I was feeling, I was like, oh my gosh, when is this going to stop, man? It just kept going up and up. And I'm like, this is nuts. And, uh, you know, filled up half a tank, which normally in the past, I would think about filling up. It, it, it was the number that I would take to fill up the whole tank. And so anyway, I'm, I'm very grateful that I'm able to weather that right now, you know, uh, in the future, maybe not, you know, depending on how things go. But there are some people who are struggling right now and you got to make decisions. There's going to be decisions that people are going to have to make one way or the other about saving money and what kinds of things need to be cut. We don't want to get so desperate that we have people. One of the things that I've noticed is crime is going up and there was two mall shootings that I am that, that I saw in the, in the news yesterday. I can't remember where the other one was and it was a big shooting. I mean, there's a lot of people. And then here in the Galleria, which for Houston, the Galleria is like the ritzy mall. That is like where people go and uh, no, most of the time, like foreign, like I haven't been to a mall and I, I can't even tell you in the last time because I just don't go to the mall to shop, but I would have never gone to the Galleria ever. You know, if you go to the Galleria, it's like on Christmas when you want to see the, the train. I don't even know if they do that anymore, but you know, they do like trains and they have trains set up all over the place and they decorate and people ice skate and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's like foreigners with a lot of money go to the Galleria. That's, you know, that's where they go. But even there, they had a shooting this weekend. And so I think people are, it's going to start getting crazier, crazier. I mean, it's already crazy, right? It's already crazy, but it's going to get even worse. But we're not those people that do that that go out and start committing crimes. We're the people that start making decisions now. So what kinds of things can you do now to live within your means so that you are able to continue moving forward and feed your family and provide for your family? So these are decisions that we need to make. I love number three with the, the learned skills that allow you to tackle jobs yourself. I think now with, and I've talked about this before that, I mean, using YouTube and using the internet, I've been able to do things around here that I normally wouldn't have been able to, but because of the internet, because of YouTube, because of uh, being able to research a little bit and finding articles, I get ideas and I can go and I can figure things out and, and do it myself. But one thing that I would say here is be careful and know your limits at some point because you you know you can you can get to a point where you start trying to figure things out on your own because you're saving money but you start throwing money at it and then by the time you know you've thrown so much money at it that if you and it might have been smaller amounts but if you would have just called someone out who could do this right away you probably could have saved a whole lot of money so uh, you, you got to know your limits about what you can do but i still think you need to put a little bit of effort in and trying to fix things that you can on your own or if you're, if you just can't, maybe there's somebody that you know that is a handyman that you're willing to say, Hey, uh, I, you know, can, can you come do this for me? And I will, you know, I have this amount of money that I can pay you. Uh, that might be a route that you would take. So definitely learn skills, definitely learn to, to cook from scratch, definitely learn all of that kind of stuff. But if you're fixing things and stuff, try to do that too. But know your limits. Know when it's time to go ahead and call someone who can take care of this professionally. 
Number four is one that I love. I talk about it all the time is get to know your neighbors. Now, in this lesson, it was a work with your neighbors because, you know, you help out one neighbor one weekend or one day and then they come and help you out and it just makes for easier work and uh, you get to know them, you get to spend time with them and you build that trust. And I think that's so important. Nowadays, we are so removed. It's like we go to work, we come back home, we don't know who lives next to us or across the street from us or who lives in our community or anything like that. So I think that is one of those things that we need to really think about and work on. Get to know your neighbors, get to know your community, get involved as much as possible. If you live in a community that uh, that has like a Facebook page, I mean, or next door, it's really easy just to get in there and just comment a couple of times. If you have someone that has a homeowners association, and we don't always like homeowners associations because they always put rules and restrictions that you know we wish we didn't have. But it's still a place where you would be able to get to know someone and get to understand how the workings of the neighborhood might might be going down. And so you have a little bit of idea of how to how to work within you know the circle of influence there. So I, I love what they said here. Card parties and dance socials were still regular gatherings where you could talk and catch up on local events. People knew and cared about their neighbors. I love that last sentence there in, in, in lesson number five. Uh, lesson number four. So lesson number five was just using creative problem solving. And again, I think that's going to be one of the things moving forward. You know, you hear about all those things that people in during the Great Depression did, how they got around things, how they made things, how they extended food, how they uh, they still made cakes without having all the, you know, like sugar and all that. kind. Of, they still found ways to do all of that. And I think that's one of those things that moving forward is we can be we can be creative. Now we have the internet, right? We're, now we have the internet where we can look at some of those things, we can research some of those things, but we can still uh, apply those to help us live a better life, um, whatever that looks like in the times that we're living in. You know, she talks about her grandma having a tomato plant, you know, during the winter time, uh, and and taking care of uh, and taking care of that. And so there's always ways that we can think through things and problem solve. And especially now with, with what we have with the internet. And that's one reason why I love the exclusive email group. Someone can throw out a question out there and, and people can provide so many uh, other uh, answers and ideas to that. So it's, uh, you know, I really appreciate that. But there's, you know, there's a lot of forums and, and groups on the internet that you can find and throw out questions and you can get some good good ideas. So guys, those are the 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 lessons here from the Great Depression life from uh, from Lori Neverman and her uh, website over at commonsensehome.com. Listen, I think that you know, going into where we are, one of the important things is going to be not to panic, not to freak out, not to not to uh, give in to all the fear that is out there. Um, we just need to be smart about it and work work smarter, work be creative. I guess be creative. That's where I want to go to, right? Be creative in in how we do things. And so I, I do believe things are changing. Things are are, are going to get crazy. We're going to have extremes. We have the people who you know uh, the haves and the have nots, and we're going to have the people that are in the middle, kind of trying to figure out where they're going to go. And and the money that that they um, that that they have is not is not buying what it used to be. I heard a statistic that. 
people today right now are paying $536 extra a month for just for living just because of inflation and the in how expensive things have gotten. And so that might be true for for some of us. That might be that number might be a little bit lower depending on where you live. But the thing that I was thinking of is like those that were living paycheck to paycheck, how are they even how are they doing that? You know? That that's when the struggle starts. That's when it's like, okay, I got to do without this or I got to do without that or how am I going to fix my car or how am I going to, you know, leave the lights on. And so I think that's where we start making good decisions that would help us to navigate this future that we're in. But know that this time in history where we're at, other people have been there before. And maybe it looked a little bit different, but we can still learn the lessons from those that went before us. Well, again, thanks, Lori, for this article and uh, your work over at commonsensehome.com. Guys, that is it for episode 737. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app, and that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to prepperwebsite.com, where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best self-reliant articles that are on the web. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 handpicked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.